Welcome everyone to See It or Shove It. I'm your host Greg, and I'm here again this week to give you my thoughts on the selection of new movies playing in theaters and streaming on your TV. And I'm going to let you know whether you should see it, or if you should shove it and forget it ever existed. Also this week, I give you my thoughts on a streaming series in the segment Binge It or Singe It. First off, I'd like to thank my listeners for helping me reach my six-month podcast goal, and I look forward to making many more episodes. Second, we just had a horrible hurricane blow through the state of Florida, and while I was fortunate, not everyone else was. So please consider helping out where you can. It's a mess down here, and many communities could use the help. While I was sheltering in place for a few days... I was able to catch up on a lot of movies and shows, and because of this, I thought I would split this week's episode into two. You know, like the final Harry Potter films, or the final Twilight films, or the Kill Bill films. So, with that said, let's get started on See It or Shove It, Part 1. For our featured movies this week, Zac Efron goes on The Greatest Beer Run Ever, Billy Eichner tries to find love in Bros, Sinead O'Connor recalls life in the spotlight in Nothing Compares, and Bette Midler, Kathy Najimy, and Sarah Jessica Parker brew up a cauldron of commotion in Hocus Pocus 2, and later we will take a look at the Apple TV series Surface. In 1967, at the height of the Vietnam War, New Jersey resident John Chicky Donahue wanted to make his friends serving in the war feel better so he decided to do so in an unconventional way. This is the greatest beer run ever. Do these protesters not know that our soldiers see that on TV? I'd like to go over to Vietnam, track down all the boys in the neighborhood, and give them a beer. I could do that. Do what? Bring him beer. He's not serious. He's hammered. Look at him. The man's stone sober. That's his fifth beer, maybe. Tops. I'm going to Vietnam, and I'm bringing him beer! Zac Efron stars as Donahue, a man who lives and breathes patriotism, which causes much strife with his anti-war activist sister, Christine, played by Ruby Ashbourne Circus, daughter of the precious motion capture acting legend Andy Circus. Chicky is irritated that his sister is not showing the troops any support, and she in turn asks him what he is doing to support them. Realizing he's not doing much, his buddies challenge him to deliver beer to their friends. With the full support of the local bartender, the Colonel, played by Oscar nominee Bill Murray, Chicky weasels his way into Vietnam where he is repeatedly mistaken as a CIA agent. Will he get the beer to all his friends, or will his cover be blown? I give this film a... See it! This movie is getting slaughtered by critics, and I'm not quite sure why. It is directed by Oscar winner Peter Farelli, who made another dramatization of a true story, Green Book, back in 2018. Is this movie not as gritty as it probably was in real life? Most likely. Is it at times emotionally manipulative? Slightly. But damn, it is highly watchable and enjoyable. Once you get past the first 20 minutes, which were a bit cliche. But once he got to Vietnam, I was all in. This was the film that was shown during the Mystery Movie Monday event that I told you about last week, and I didn't leave disappointed. 
Efron is very good in this role, and I could tell he took this seriously. He should be proud of this performance. There is also a good supporting performance from Oscar winner Russell Crowe as a journalist there to document the atrocities of war. Overall, it was an enjoyable two hours, and I didn't mind it. It is currently streaming on Apple TV+, and it is a nice way to pass an evening. Bobby Lieber is a radio show host who has never found love, but is about to meet his match. This is Bros. You met a guy? I don't think I'm his type. He's like gay Tom Brady. What are you into? One of these ripped idiots with no opinions? No, I like someone who's physically very frail and won't stop talking. And I bet he's as intimidated by you as you are by him. I'm down for whatever. Yeah, I can do whenever and I can do whatever. Cool. Whatever, whenever. GIF of Michael Scott dancing. Office GIF? This person isn't gay. Played by Billy Eichner, Bobby is jaded when it comes to love. Accepting the thought that he will never find love... He lives his life moving from one hookup to another. Consumed with work as the curator of an upcoming LGBTQ plus history museum, he is dragged out one night to a bar where he meets a guy named Aaron Shepard, played by Luke McFarling. Aaron is gorgeous, fit, and super masculine. Aaron and Bobby initially are at odds with each other. Aaron is generally reserved and meek, and Bobby is snarky and sarcastic. The only thing they both agree on is neither thinks they are into relationships. Can they overcome their differences? I give this film a... See it. Now, that see it recommendation is on the milder side. The more I sat on this movie, the less I liked it. However, it is still good enough to be a see it. The humor is a little uneven, and when it comes to Eichner in general, I feel a little of him goes a long way. But the film itself was representative of the LGBTQ plus community with the cast and the crew, and there were many things that I related to with Eichner's jaded, sarcastic character. And there's even a hilarious cameo by Emmy winner Deborah Messing. But the story is a typical romantic comedy. You know exactly what the structure is going to be and how it's going to end. So, if this is your thing and you like romantic comedies and you aren't bigoted toward gay people, you may enjoy it. In 1990, singer Sinead O'Connor was at the top of the charts because of her rendition of a Prince song. Her fame quickly faded into an early example of cancel culture. This is Nothing Compares. An artist's job is sometimes to create the difficult conversations that need to be had. That's what art is for. My name is Sinead O'Connor. I am a woman. I have something to offer. They tried to bury me. They didn't realize I was a seed. This documentary recalls the early life and career of the singer, including the physical and emotional abuse she felt at the hands of her mother. This experience was poured into the music on her debut album, The Incredible, The Lion and the Cobra. As her star began to rise, the mild-mannered star hit the top of the charts with the song and unforgettable video, Nothing Compares to You. Which, by the way, Prince's estate would not let the filmmakers use for the film which I thought was kind of crummy. But anyway, she was suddenly thrust into the upper echelon of music. 
This film explores her lack of preparation and desire to have this level of fame. It then dives into her evolution as an unwanted advocate for victims of child abuse, church abuse, abortion rights, and then it culminates with the fallout of her refusal to have the national anthem played before her concerts, as well as the time she ripped up the Pope's picture. I give this film a... See it. I remember going to see her in concert in Saratoga Springs, New York in late August 1990. It was just a few weeks after the National Anthem controversy and a handful of protesters descended on the entrance of the amphitheater where they expressed their outrage toward O'Connor. Little did they know, she was out in the crowd in disguise listening to what they had to say. The film shows this moment, and I did try to see if I showed up in any of the footage, but alas, I did not. Anyway, I remember the tension of the show was so high, I was almost scared to even be there. This film is sort of a validation for O'Connor. When she tore up the picture of the Pope on Saturday Night Live to protest suspected child abuse within the church, outrage followed. But guess what? She was right. When she spoke out against the atrocities toward women in Ireland, she was labeled a troublemaker. Guess what? She was right. When she protested the Desert Storm military initiative, she was vilified. But guess what? She was right. So instead of being an admired social advocate, her career was ruined over her advocacy. 30 years later, I hope this film can offer a bit of redemption to a voice that was too far ahead of its time. After being banished 23 years ago, the Sanderson sisters returned to Salem once more to create havoc among the community. This is Hocus Pocus 2. I have a gift for my favorite customers. Legend has it, it's on the 16th birthday that a witch gets her powers. Back in 1653, young Winifred Sanderson is banished from Salem because of her refusal to marry John Pritchett. Before she can be taken into custody, she escapes with her sisters Mary and Sarah. They encounter Mother Witch, played by Ted Lasso's Emmy winner Hannah Waddingham. Mother Witch gives Winifred the Book of Magic but warns her not to cast a specific spell. Flash forward to Salem 2022, where teenagers Becca and Izzy are getting ready to ring in Becca's 16th birthday, as well as Halloween. They pay a visit to the Sanderson sisters' cottage, which is now a magic shop. Becca is given a candle for her birthday. It turns out it is the black flame candle, and because it is a full moon and both girls are virgins, when they light the candle, they are greeted by the return of Winifred, Mary, and Sarah. Again, played by Oscar nominee Bette Midler, Kathy Najimy, and Emmy winner Sarah Jessica Parker. The sisters are more desperate than ever to regain their youth, and they are out to find the perfect child to sacrifice to get it. I give this film a... See it. So, I never saw the original movie until two years ago, if you can believe it or not. And that's when theaters had just reopened after COVID and had nothing to show but older films. I did not enjoy the film. 
I found it weak and couldn't understand why it was considered such a classic. That said, I found this edition to be far more entertaining and enjoyable. There is a scene set inside a Walgreens that is fish-out-of-water hilarious. Midler, Najimi, and Parker still have great chemistry, and the supporting cast are adequate enough. While this won't end up on any year-end list, I think it's an enjoyable enough family film. That's it for this episode's featured films. To recap, The Greatest Beer Run Ever is streaming on Apple TV Plus now and is a see it. And it's also this episode's pick of the week. Just get past the first 20 minutes. It gets better, I promise. Bros is in theaters now and is a see it. Nothing Compares is streaming on Showtime now and is a see it. And Hocus Pocus 2 is streaming on Disney Plus now and is a see it. Now it's time for my lightning round reviews of some additional movies in my segment called Quick Picks. Meet Cute, starring Kaylee Cuoco and Pete Davidson, is a romantic comedy streaming on Peacock now and is a shove-it. Listen, a magical tanning bed did not work as a plot device a few months ago in Mac and Rita, and it doesn't work here either. I think it's time to put the magical tanning beds to bed. And the slow burn romance, A Love Song, is available for rental and stars Dale Dickey and is a touching little film. And I would say that's a see it. Now let's move on to this week's Binge It or Singe It. A woman recovers from an accident and then tries to piece the event back together. This is Surface. We can't just pretend we're new people or that the past doesn't exist. You really don't remember, do you? Your husband's not who you think he is. Why did you lie? She's starting to ask questions I can't answer. Maybe I was wrong about everything. Sophie, what's going on? Just putting the pieces together. This series, streaming on Apple TV+, starts off strong with a string of early episodes that hook you into the mystery surrounding Sophie, played by the talented Gugu Mbatha-Ra, who is overcoming an alleged suicide attempt. She has temporary amnesia and is being cared for by her husband James, played by Oliver Jackson Cohen, and he is doing everything he can to protect Sophie from piecing together the truth of her suicide attempt. Along the way, she works with a psychiatrist, played by Oscar nominee Marianne Jean-Baptiste, and she begins to suspect that maybe she didn't try to kill herself after all, and that maybe someone attempted to murder her. She gets even more suspicious when undercover cop Baden, played by Stephen James, sends a warning that not everyone is as they appear. Throw in her husband's ex-girlfriend to raise suspicions, and you have the makings of a good mystery. Until a mid-series twist throws the entire show off course and sends it into lunacy. This show is a singet. Like I said, the first few episodes are addictive. I think I watched like four in one night and stayed up way too late. But when that mid-series twist happens, the level of plausibility, which was fragile to begin with, just completely depletes. 
I couldn't wait for this show to end as I trudged my way through the final few episodes. And I really hope this show is a one and done. Because if it goes on for another season, I'm not going to watch it. Anyway, go ahead and skip this mess. Well, that's it for this episode. Don't forget, this week is a two-parter, so if you haven't listened to part two yet, go ahead and lend me your ears for that as well. Thank you so much for listening today. I'm thankful. Support your local theaters by going to see some of the movies I reviewed this month. And while you're at it, share my podcast with anyone you think would enjoy it. I appreciate all of your support. Come back next week for another helping of reviews of the latest films in theaters and on streaming services, including a big screen adaptation of the classic children's book Lyle Lyle Crocodile and the star-studded David O. Russell comedy Amsterdam. Follow me on Instagram at BrewstersDad73 and rate me wherever you get your podcast. Have a great week, everyone. I'll catch you next time. This episode of See It or Shove It was recorded in Orlando, Florida and is produced by Gregory G. Productions. Music by Mysterio Music. All rights reserved.